0: Trump is not Abe Lincoln, and COVID rages. What a week. My name is Matt Sinovic. I'm the Executive Director of Progress Iowa.
1: And I'm Ivy Beckenholt, Communications Director of Progress Iowa.
0: Welcome to What a Week, with hot takes about the week's news and shout-outs for people doing good in the world. This week, we hear from Lily, whose sister was shot and killed by an abusive ex-boyfriend. Lily is calling on Senator Ernst to stand up for her family and reauthorize the Violence Against Women Act in a new ad that Progress Iowa is airing across the state. But we start with what made headlines this past week. We're recording on Friday, uh, late morning on Friday, and last night was the second and final presidential debate. Um, Ivy, did you watch the debate last night?
1: Yes, I did. It was quite something. It's almost harder to watch than the first one, just because on the first one, like Trump was being totally ridiculous. And now like they just got to go in more on his uh, viewpoints and arguments. And so just hearing from him more just was quite annoying. But yeah.
0: Right. I mean, I think he just had the the mute button did work for first Mm -hmm. of all, for both of them, I thought very well. Um, There were far less interruptions. um, And I think that, you know, you just got to hear the president say his lines. Now, if you didn't, if you weren't, if you didn't know any better, maybe you'd think he was coherent, but he certainly li- just lies and lies and lies. So, um, I do think that there's a sense that he's somewhat condescending and that, and that kind of like mm-hmm. gotten progressively worse for him as the debate went on. Um, But I think, so I think his tone doesn't help him. Um, But I thought overall the debate was better. And I thought the um, most of the responses I saw online or on the news after commentary afterwards that Kristen Welker, the moderator did a great job. And I really thought she did, Thought she was great. Um, So it was a, it was a good chance to like hear directly from both candidates in a much more like you said, coherent way than we did in the first debate. Just a lot of crosstalk. Um, who do you th- do you think uh, either one came out ahead?
1: I mean, I think it's really just at this point, if you like Biden, you think Biden came out ahead. If you like Trump, you think Trump came out ahead. Um, well, but-
0: I like Biden and I think Biden came <laughs> yeah. out ahead. So There
1: we go. Right. I mean, yeah, I think that, Especially with the, there was such a focus on Biden's family this time, and it was just a bit annoying because it wasn't really like hitting the issues. And so I think just if you like Biden, you're going to believe Biden and just, and then if you like Trump, you're going to believe Trump. And But I think overall, I do agree that Biden won, but you know, might be a little biased there too.
0: Right. I'm, I always say I'm the worst at knowing what people will think because I have very strong opinions about it. So it's hard for Mm -hmm. me to unwrap that from, you know, like or unwrap myself from that mentality, which is why I think polling certainly helps. Um, And there was the first poll I saw was like a CNN poll that showed that 53 percent thought Biden won. 39 percent thought Trump won. But very few changed their mind. So it's kind of what you're saying. If you liked them already, you probably liked it, you know, on either side. But I do think I was thinking of this last night. Like I do think that while watching this, if you're an undecided voter, that probably means that you, you're you like hesitant about Trump because usually if you're the incumbent, people know who you are and know what you've done. So if you're undecided, this would be the first time really that you're hearing directly from – could be the first time you're hearing directly from Joe Biden without an interruption like you did in the first debate. So I think he at least had a chance to appeal to some of those people through his answers. And Biden was sharp last night. So I don't know if that made a difference, but I think that it probably was the only or the best chance for Joe Biden to talk directly himself, not in an ad, but to some of these, if, if there were undecided voters watching last night. So we'll see how it changes, if anything changes. I, you know, like I said, I feel like I'm I'm not great at. At uh, assessing that. But I do think that that's something to think about. That, like, these are, I mean, the last debate had 73 million people or something. I'm sure it will be 60 plus million or a big, big audience.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a
0: lot of people. And, and you know, um, and there may be many people who didn't tune into the first debate. So um, I guess if you tune into the first debate and you're a glutton for punishment and wanted to tune into the second debate, you're probably not an undecided voter anyway. So, yeah.
1: yeah. But, yeah, I mean, overall, I think it was good. I love when he, Owen Biden, looks directly at the camera and talks to the people. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's talking to me. So that's kind of fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, but. I think, I think that's good because you get like the President Trump is very direct mm-hmm. talking to and about his opponent. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one way to go at it. I mean, but I think appealing directly to those voters is really is really a good idea, and I think the president would have been better served, frankly, to be like like I had, you know, whatever the answer might be. Like I had COVID, even if it's his the same exact answer, but just appeal like talking like you said directly through the camera to a voter, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to you know knocking down the opponent. You know, but that's, I think he can't help himself, but getting into the personal, like, and attack mode.
1: Yeah. Well, our next headline for this week. Well, yesterday, Thursday, the Senate Judiciary Committee voted to advance the nomination for Judge Barrett to the Supreme Court. Uh, This is setting up the final vote sometime next week, probably Monday. Um, Just this is really important, firstly, because our senators, Ernst and Grassley, sit on this committee they voted to advance Barrett, despite Iowans clearly voicing their concerns. We know that fifty-five percent of Iowans want a COVID relief bill uh, before uh, SCOTUS nomination. So I think they're just wasting their time. What was your take on that?
0: Yeah, I mean I, I um I agree. I mean, I, I like I think this whole thing is a big, big joke. Like, I I I mean, it's not a joke in the sense that Amy Coney Barrett could be an end up being on the court. But I think that Senators Grassley and Ernst are just making a mockery of all of this. And I'm I, I like I am personally glad that Democrats boycotted the final vote. Um they put pictures of people who would lose protections from pre existing conditions in their seats. And I think that's a powerful image because like that's I mean if Lindsey Graham, Chuck Grassley, Joni Ernst, all the other Ted Cruz, all the other folks on the on the Judiciary Committee, were going to vote to move this nomination forward, they should at least have to look at the people who are going to be discriminated against by insurance companies as a result of this pick. And and maybe it won't end up happening that way, but that is their intention. Their goal here is to repeal the ACA and get rid of health care. So, um, I don't know. The whole thing is a big is a big sham and a big joke. And 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 I wish our senators uh, actually, like, gave a damn about protecting their constituents.
1: Exactly. Other than that,
0: no problem with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so. yeah that was quite it's been quite a, quite a crazy past couple of weeks. I'm hoping obviously it's it seems like it's going to happen Monday and that they're going to confirm her, but obviously still holding out hope that one of the Republican senators will change their mind, especially if they're in a tough district, because, I mean, healthcare is really important this year with the ACA, so I'm just really holding out hope, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I think there's a chance, and we were talking about this on a call yesterday, but like I think that they're, that until the end, we thought for sure the ACA was going to get repealed, and then John McCain gave his famous thumbs-down vote on the floor of the Senate, and so... Mm. Right now, it just takes two senators to change their mind, and so if, if you're listening out there from Iowa, call Senator Grassley, call Senator Ernst, because our two senators, if they decided to change their mind, could would make the difference here and block this lifetime appointment. And honestly, like I don't think I, I, I hope this doesn't happen, but like if President Trump were to win re-election and Republicans retain control of the Senate, then they would have every right to appoint this nominee you know in january and that's how the process ought to work but i don't know i don't know for 30 40 50 million people have already voted at this point i think um something Mm. along those lines um and we deserve to be able to pick when we're this close to the election we deserve to be able to pick who appoints that replacement for ruth bader ginsburg so i yeah call 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 email 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 Senator Grassley and Senator Ernst. who will post the phone number and and the um uh and the contact uh, form to to reach them. Um, the next headline is a very tragic story. Um, this is the latest in a story that's been evolving for the last several years about the families on the border who come across seeking asylum, um, trying to immigrate or trying to come into our country. Um, and there are lawyers now saying that there are 545 migrant children who have been separated from their parents, and now the Trump administration cannot find their parents to reunite them. They lost them. They misplaced them. They don't know how to get a hold of them. They don't know. They they cannot re reunite these families. And um, I am glad that this was this was actually asked about in the debate last night. And I was just appalled by the president's answer. Um, he attacked – instead of expressing any sympathy for these children, he just launched into a uh, – directly into an attack on their families and their parents. Um, I, I, I think at every turn – this is an awful policy. It's an awful way to do this. But at every turn last night, this president shows no zero empathy for other people. Um, Ivy, can you, I can't, can you, I can't even imagine this in in your own, I mean, your own family, what's your take on all this?
1: I mean, yeah, it's just so inhumane. I mean, children literally don't know where their parents are. These parents don't know where their children are. I mean, how do you just lose track of 545 families? It's really ridiculous. And I mean, just like you said, they talked about it last night. There was no real good answer. And he just equated immigrants to, you know, murderers, whatever. That's obviously not true. The vast majority of people coming over, like, even illegally, are just coming over um, because they want better lives. So, obviously, it was just frustrating to, you know, see that lack of empathy. But hopefully that changes next year. But, you know, we'll see.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I just, um, yeah, I I, I I, worry that these kids are just disconnected for, you know, I don't know how they're gonna find out of the what what's like what will happen to them now. And I don't think they have a plan. I don't think they have a plan for what like if if they can't find them and then the baton gets passed even a Biden administration. Anyway, I I, I just worry about that. And and this is just a just a tragic loss that's been caused by the Trump administration. So um our final story um of the week is the the um misspending or misappropriation of 21 million dollars um by Governor Reynolds um that could have been spent on COVID relief um in our state and as we are hitting just increased numbers record hospitalizations um this audit came out from Rob from the state auditor Rob Sand um mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I was, I mean, shocked, but not surprised, I guess. um, We've seen a lot of poor management from the Reynolds administration. Um, What did you, what did you think of all this?
1: I mean, it's just ridiculous. There are people struggling to feed their kids and here she is spending 21 million, uh, misusing 21 million of COVID aid. I mean, she was saying that there's not enough resources to expand testing at nursing homes, but we have money for this. I mean, and then it gets even like shadier with the whole thing that her former chief of staff is a lobbyist for the company that she gave the $21 million to. Seems a little sus to me. But anyway, further so, I mean, it's just ridiculous.
0: It's, I mean, I hope that this just continues to get exposed and, and I don't know what recourse there is this other than voting her out in a couple of years. But I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's just and maybe the legislature can dive into this when they come back into session. But it's um, it's it's truly awful when 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 we're especially at the height of the I mean, we're we're getting back to a new height of the pandemic. But when we were first closing things down or considering closing things down, people were terrified, you know, and they needed everybody still needs resources. And Um, so to use this in an improper way is just, just, just appalling.
1: Yeah. And I mean, even the other day she was saying, oh no, like it was totally fine. Even after the report came out, it's just like so annoying because hospitalization rates are going up. She's saying, oh, it's fine. Hospitals can handle it. Just clearly trying to make it okay that she misused this money. It's just ridiculous. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Next, we move on to our hot takes where we give our opinions on the hot topics of this week. The first one up is Trump's Abe Lincoln comment from the debate last night. I mean, it was just ridiculous. He said, with the possible exception of uh, Abraham Lincoln, no one has done more for the Black community than Donald Trump. What? (laughs) A possible (laughs) exception.
0: Very, I mean, in his mind, I think it's a very small chance. He probably thinks he's better than Abe Lincoln in so many ways. But uh, no, he also said that um, he's the he was the least racist person in the room last night. Which, you know, I I, I I think I'm repeating what someone else said. But if you have to say that, then usually that means that you are the most racist person in the room. Yeah. Um, so I, I I think I don't think anyone's fooled by these comparisons to Abe Lincoln nah. or whatever uh mm-hmm. just more trump blathering on and like and i think this is where the muting of the microphones hurt donald trump because the more he talked the more ridiculous things came out of his mouth and it's just on full display for millions of people
1: yeah exactly and i mean just this comment so ridiculous the fact that he's saying that he's done like the most for the black community I that just annoys me so much. Like he's some white saver. Like I'm sure the black community has done the most for the black community. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you're not some hero. So that was certainly not that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh.
0: Um. Up next, Randy Feenstra is running for Congress. He's trying to take over and be the new Steve King, and he's trying his hardest to be the new hateful Steve King. Um, he said he does not support, uh, marriage equality in their, in the debate against J.D. Schulton. Um, I, I, don't, I, like, this is the law of the land. Um, I, like, for the guys that always talk about law and order, like, this is the law. We have equal, equal rights in this country, whether you like it or not. Sorry, Randy. That's my, that's my short quick take. You don't, he doesn't get to decide whether someone has, equal rights that's not how it works
1: exactly i mean he has his faith which i understand but you can't like push that faith onto other people and that's clearly like kind of what he wants to happen here and i don't know it's just frustrating because it goes beyond faith even like gay marriage is just a right that should people should have anyway it's just frustrating so we'll see yeah Yeah. Um, Next up, in a very weird twist of events, Trump's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, is going to be the new (laughs) Borat movie that premieres today. Uh, There's a lot of controversy surrounding one of the scenes. There's a lot of questions uh, surrounding Giuliani's intentions with a woman journalist in a hotel room. Now, I know what you're thinking. Someone on Trump's team doing something inappropriate to a woman that's totally fake news and plausible, you know. But we'll just have to see after the movie comes out today.
0: We will. I have not seen it. I probably will at some point. I've certainly seen the reports. So if they're true, Rudy Giuliani is in trouble. And he will probably not have any public high profile positions ever again. But we will see. So I'm sure there will be more to more to follow on this one.
1: Yeah. I mean, it just sounds so ridiculous. I'm thinking, how is this even real? But, you know, Mm -hmm. I guess it wouldn't really surprise me
0: and it's also 2020 so everything is over the top and surreal so um this week we do not have an interview but we are hearing directly from uh lily who as we mentioned at the top of the show whose sister was shot and killed by um by an abusive ex-boyfriend lily of course is um um a, a survivor of of that of that tragedy um Excuse me. And she, we've worked with, Progress Iowa has worked with her for quite some time. We, um, Lily has spoken out about the reauthorization of the Violence Against Women Act in the past. Um, And um, the situation with her sister was quite tragic. Um, um, She was shot and killed by her abusive ex-boyfriend, who was able to have access to his firearm despite his previous conviction of violent offenses, including domestic assault with injury, and he was also arrested for a Class D felony in a separate incident. Um, He later pled down, uh, pled guilty to a lesser charge. Um, But Senator Ernst has put herself out there as a champion of the Violence Against Women Act, but the law has not been reauthorized because she has opposed closing this so-called boyfriend loophole. This is a loophole in the law that um, puts fewer restrictions on a boyfriend or a partner than um, a, as far as what access to firearms they can have. And and so people like Rosanna, Lily's sister, um, uh, really deserve that protection under the law um, and, and they're not getting it right now. So Lily is calling on Senator Ernst to reauthorize the Violence Against Women Act and um, – uh, uh, close the boyfriend loophole. Um, Ernst has opposed closing that um, in large part because the NRA has, uh, is against it. Uh, and that is the sticking point. Uh, the House passed a law um, on a bipartisan basis to reauthorize the Women Act, including closing that loophole. Many Republicans voted for it. There's Republican support for closing that in the Senate. Ernst is the point person, and she is blocking it. So it's really important, whether it's now or during the lame duck session, it doesn't matter when, Ernst needs to reauthorize this law. So, Progress Eye was running an ad featuring uh, uh, Lily and her personal story and her story about her sister. The ad is called Remember Rosanna and we're gonna hear the audio of that right now.
1: My name is Lily Style, and I'm a survivor of a victim. My sister, Rosanna Otto, was just 23 years old when she was murdered by her abusive ex-boyfriend. He stuck into her house in the middle of the night and shot her, all while her three girls were asleep in the next room. Joni continues to say that she wants to protect victims of abuse, however, she's yet to act on that. We need Joni to reauthorize the Violence Against Women Act and close the boyfriend loophole. A law like this could have saved my sister's life and Joni Ernst isn't standing up for her or my family. Senator Ernst, instead of listening to the NRA, remember Rosanna and how you could have saved her life. Close the boyfriend loophole. Next, we have our shout outs where we lift up great work happening all over the state. Um, if you have any recommendations, please send them to at Progress Iowa or at Potluck FM on Twitter. So this week, we really just want to say thank you again to Lily for standing up for her sister and for victims of domestic violence. Um, We really appreciate that. We're really looking forward for everyone to hear from Lily. She, I mean, she says us that we need Joni Ernst to stand up for Iowans and for survivors. Um, We also want to thank uh, the citizens of Red Oak for holding Ernst accountable this past week. Um, They, you know, they protested Ernst trying to confirm um, the SCOTUS nomination, Barrett, um, before inauguration. And this is really just going to affect our healthcare with the ACA, so we just want to thank them as well. What a Week is produced by Progress Iowa as part of the Potluck Media Network and would not be possible without grassroots supporters like you. We are mixed and edited by Greg Cowenstein. For more information, please visit potluck.fm, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please be sure to leave us a five-star review and subscribe. See you next week on What a Week.